We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick, joined by Dave Cabin. It's week 13, and we've got to uh, talk about player projections. And we've got to talk about your start-sit fantasy conundrums. It's going to be a crazy week. We've had a lot of injuries coming in. We do have another round of buys to deal with. Uh, this week, I think it's the last week with buys that we're going to have to deal with. Uh, but, you know, some of the big fantasy tournaments are already in, like, playoff mode. <laughs> like, main event tournaments are going on. I mean, it's crazy. We're right at the end of the finish line with best ball. So much going on. And it feels like the stakes are really high right now. So, Dave, I thought I'd just run down the teams that are on by real quick and then just a quick rundown of what the what the actual game matchups are. And then we'll hand the ball to you for some kind of key player projections and we'll get to some uh, viewer questions in the back half of this episode. Sounds good to me. All right. So on by this week, we've got the Baltimore Ravens. So Lamar Jackson and company uh, are not available. Uh, obviously, that takes, you know, Lamar Jackson uh, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Keaton Mitchell, Gus Edwards off of the table for us. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are also on by. That one hurts a bit with, with the kind of the tear that Josh Allen and company have been on lately. James Cook's been a little bit more effective. Dalton Kincaid and Stephon Diggs are weekly starters. And Gabe Davis has had a couple boom games over the past month and a half here. The Chicago Bears with Justin Fields back and Cole Komet playing very well. DJ Moore all off the table. The Las Vegas Raiders, Minnesota Vikings, and New York Giants are also on by. So it's a six-team bye week. As far as our NFL schedule for this week, uh, tonight we have the Seahawks and the Cowboys facing off. That game's a barn burner already at halftime. Uh, as we look forward to the weekend, though, in the early slate at 1 p.m., we've got the Chargers traveling to New England to play the Patriots. We've got the Lions traveling to New Orleans to play the Saints. The Falcons are at the Jets. The Cardinals are at the Steelers and the Colts are at the Titans. In the one o'clock time frame, we also have the Dolphins at the Commanders and the Broncos at the Texans with playoff implications. That's going to be a really fun game. And the afternoon slate, we've got the Carolina Panthers versus the Buccaneers in Tampa. 
The Browns are at the Rams. They did not travel back to Cleveland last week after playing Denver. They stayed out on the West Coast. And we've got the 49ers at the Eagles in a potential NFC Championship preview game. The Sunday night game is the Chiefs at the all of a sudden surging Packers. And then the Monday night game would have been really interesting a couple weeks ago. No longer quite so interesting. Cincinnati travels to Jacksonville, Dave. So why don't you run us through some of the key projections from the GLSP, and then we will get to some viewer questions. Sure. So uh, as we like to do, we normally take a quick little run here through the top players at each position at quarterback this week. A little bit of a different trio. Actually, really, the first five names a little bit different here than we've seen the last couple of weeks. Dak Prescott, though, has been very hot as of late. Looks like he's playing currently, and perhaps the GLSP was on to something with his outlook against the Seahawks. CJ Stroud against Denver, maybe not a huge surprise, but we do have our boy Sam Howell coming in there with an average of 20.3 behind Stroud, followed by Trevor Lawrence, Jordan Love. Then you got Jalen Hurts in there, but two other kind of surprising names potentially in Brock Purdy and Russell Wilson. So this week's top 10 in what's uh, you know shaping up to be an interesting week, we could see some quarterback performances uh, that uh, you know really propelling some of those teams here uh, to good weeks. So if we continue along and we make our way to running back, a uh, little bit more chalky, but we do see some surprising names in here. So of course you got Christian McCaffrey as the RB one over twenty six. Percent of his matches eclipsed 25 points, but he's followed by Rashad White. Uh, if a Chan is healthy against the commanders and plays, he would be third. You got Bijan Robinson, Jalen Warren, Tony Pollard, Najee Harris. So clearly the GLSP sees something here for the running backs against that Cardinals defense. Then you got guys that you might expect like Austin Eckler, Jameer Gibbs, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Travis Etienne. Kyron Williams should remain hot, not quite as hot. If you remember last week, it liked him as the top running back. He's followed by Ramondre Stevenson and Joe Mixon to round out the top 15. I'm gonna, I know we already have some questions coming in here, so I'm just going to very quickly hit some of the top wide receivers. Um, Michael Pittman, fairly high. Um, Tank Dell. Pretty much a lot of chalk. Adam Thielen's in there this week. All the receivers that you would expect. If I dig a little bit lower here and we look at wide receivers 31 to 45, uh, we see Jaden Reed getting into that area. Jackson Smith and Jigba, Elijah Moore, Romeo Dobbs, uh, and Hollywood Brown. Chris Godwin actually with one of the higher spots for him as you know, it's really been a great season for Mike Evans. Not so much uh, for Godwin. Then finally, at tight end, we have a lot of the guys towards the top that you would expect, but we do see Dalton Schultz getting in there. Trey McBride, who I know from working on the passing game matchup Raider this week, should go wild against the Steelers. You have Sam Laporte in there, Pat Fryermuth, yeah. Jake Ferguson. Yeah. You know, at this point, we pretty much know what we're expecting from these tight ends. So that's the rundown, Curtis, on a position-by-position basis. All right, yeah. I mean, we're going to have to watch some of the injury status, too. Um, that's just where it gets a little bit uh, tricky with with some of these players. I know McBride's a little bit dinged. Um, I do want to go ahead and get to some of the the listener questions. And we also have, I think, some start sits that we can look at from our Rotoviz main event team. 
and also from our Rotoviz Fantasy uh, Football Pros uh, championship team, our, our listener team made the playoffs, Dave, our co-owned team with with Adam Schimpf. So yep. we can take a look at that lineup as well. Uh, but let's get to Adam uh, Gergeny's question here first. He's got just a bevy, a bevy of uh, running backs to choose from here. Austin Eckler versus let's let's so let's wow. break it down this way, okay? Because this is a lot of guys. We're gonna have to choose three, <laughs> so we'll use the GLSP, and then I'm gonna use the uh, I'm gonna use the matchup. Can he uh, loan me some from- of these running backs here? Seriously, I got a couple of teams that could use one of these guys this week. Yeah, honestly, it's pretty crazy. Um, I'm gonna cross check the GLSP with the NFL Stat Explorers um, matchup analysis tab as well uh, throughout this episode because these are these are big decisions. So we've got Eckler versus New England. Uh, Bijan Robinson versus the New York Jets, Brees Hall versus the Atlanta Falcons, um, you know, potential face off there. Travis Etienne versus the Bengals and Rashad White versus Carolina. It is PPR, Dave. Yep. And he needs three out of these five. Oh, man, that is excruciating. That is a first world fantasy problem, though, Adam. We're going to see if we can help you out here. All right. So let's just take a look here. Um, first at Eckler as the player he said he was kind of leaning towards benching him. So a couple of things that we could focus on here. We do see that 40% of his matches scored a rushing touchdown, 10% scored receiving touchdowns. Uh, when looking at games like this, that's one of the first things I'll pop towards. We do see his highest bucket here in that 10 to 15 with 35% of players matching in there. Now, Rashad White is kind of where my mind went immediately. Of course, you do see him coming in with the second highest average PPR projection this week. Eckler, though, in a pretty good range as well. ETN is in there as well. So you'd actually see Brees Hall coming in lower there. And then the other, oh, you also have Bijan in there as well. So if we take a, a second here, Curtis, <laughs> and we go and we pull up Brees yeah. Hall, um, yeah. I will say his outlook against the Falcons really is not that great. You see, you know, 10% of his matches getting rushing touchdowns, 20% actually getting receiving touchdowns, not the greatest upside. Um, let's take a look here at, let, let me jump in there yep. on Brees here, just using the matchup analysis um, tab. Uh, let's see here. So this is a tool that you can find in our NFL stat explorer and type in a player name and you'll get a bunch of um, great information here at the top you can see the strength of streaming uh schedule uh app uh data and then we see some uh fantasy performance trends um by the actual player against uh vegas totals and then this this is really the money area for me that i use a lot uh, when i'm trying to make a tough decision and we can see uh, running backs against atlanta over the past five weeks we only have one running back that's eclipsed 100 yards uh, no opposing running back has eclipsed 17 PPR. I mean, there's been a couple solid games in there uh, with uh, Rashad White, Derrick Henry, Madison, and Kamara all having in the 15 to 17 point range. But you notice only one touchdown from amongst that group. And actually, if you go down to the bottom here, uh, you know, to look at the position group in total, this isn't just opposing running back one, it's opposing running back group, only one running back touchdown overall against the Falcons in the last five weeks. So I think when we're trying to make a tough decision, you also put in the context of the Jets offense and shambles. They have a team total of just 15 and a half this week. Brees is probably going to be below that cut line out of this impressive running back group for me. I think that the next uh, choice is going to be a bit more difficult. Right. Yeah, I think so. So I think we take 
we, we take Brees out. Now, I know that the GLSP likes Rashad White. And if we go in and we look at White in recent weeks, um, let, me, let me quickly pull him up here in the uh, NFL Player Stat Explorer. So, recent weeks, right? I mean, it has looked pretty solid. I don't think, though, that I want to have Eckler on my bench. I'd rather have Eckler in there when White than White when it really counts. I think I would actually be more inclined to sit Bijan or ETN for White. However, my recommendation would be to go and sit. Uh, I think I'm going to say it would, would be to go with Bijan. I think he's the one that I'm going to sit, to be honest. Um, if we look at Bijan versus ETN, it does favor Bijan. Wow. This is this might be the most confounding question we've had come in all year. I think, though, I, I'm still going to go. I think personally, Curtis, I, I would go with Bijan on the bench here and, and Brees Hall. Hard to really give super concrete analysis when you have players that are all in our top 15 in this week's GLSP and that have been good players across the year. Um, but in, in an important spot like this, uh, I am rolling out Eckler. I'm keeping um, I'm keeping Bijan and Hall out of the lineup. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, uh, I I would, I mean, I know it's difficult. I would sit Eckler. I mean, I, 
I would sit Eckler. I think I think the Jags have an opportunity to get up big against Cincinnati on that Monday night game, um, and that should lead to increased opportunities for ETN. Uh, White's just been such a uh, such a receiving threat, and I mean Bijan's been pretty hot. Um, he's really looked pretty good o- over the last two games, and I think the Falcons. Um, I, I know it's a tough game against a tough defense on the road. It's a low overall game total. But so is that Chargers-New England game. Uh, that's a pretty low game total as well. And New England's just been stingier to opposing um, running backs than the Jets defense, actually. So I, I'm going to – I just think at this point in the season, Bijan's a better player than Austin Eckler. So that's – I'm going to sit Eckler along with Brees. And Dave says, let's just sit both backs from the Jets-Falcons game. So, Adam, you'll have to figure out who won the argument there. But we did find alignment on starting – uh, ETN and and Rashad White. You'll just have to uh, make a tough call there on who that third player is going to be. This is awesome. Best of luck to you uh, with this group. And if you want to get in and do some more research for yourself, go over to rotaviz.com and check out some of these tools yourself. Um, we've got, oh, friend of the show here. We've got Ryan McDowell saying, how do you guys feel about Cincinnati receivers with Browning in a decent matchup? Yeah, so, oh, actually, I got to do this opposite way here. Um I guess Jamar Chase, no matter what, I'm going to feel pretty good about. Uh, I will say that T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, my outlook might be a little bit different on them. Of course, I think people are probably going to keep Chase in there no matter what. But one thing that we can do to get a little bit more light on this here is go over to the passing game matchup Raider. And if we take a look in there, what you will see, Curtis, is this is actually a fairly favorable matchup. For all of the wide receivers there now, obviously, we do need to account for the fact that they don't have Joe Burrow playing with them. But this tool is not looking at anything that would relate to Burrow. It's simply saying, given the way that this player lines up and operates on the field against the particular defense he is facing, how does that matchup look for him? One thing that you can see here is that the tool really likes Tyler Boyd. What that's probably getting at is there is some susceptibility for the Jaguars out of the slot. So... Keeping this in mind and that you have above average matchups for Chase and Higgins, let's just add a little bit more context to that. Now, if we go and we drill into Tyler Boyd, for example, uh, a player that I could see being on the cusp of a lot of teams in a week like this. So 30% of his matches found the end zone on around six targets and 47 yards. Now, I will say the upside is pretty limited there. I also think that when you're adding into the equation, the fact that you have two real other playmakers uh, potentially on the field with him. I don't know if it, what the update is exactly on Higgins, if we know at this point that he's 100% ready to go. Uh, but with the quarterback situation there, I'd be a little bit reserved about playing Boyd. Now, for Higgins, if we drill in on him for a minute, we'll see that he is expected to get around seven targets, 51 yards, 40% of his matches found the end zone. We see a little bit more upside for Higgins. That said, Curtis, I think that I do have some concern given some of the games that we've seen with Higgins with this change at quarterback. Uh, and I don't know unless I'm forced to play Higgins. I think if I have him in another option, I'm probably looking their way. I know you're probably looking at the matchup analysis tab in the, um, player stat explorer there anything else that you're seeing that we think we need to mention here well the first off is we did get an update just a couple hours ago on t higgins um he does plan to play okay. he was a participant in practice today so that hamstring 
um, you know, that hamstring maybe on the mend there a little bit. There's a couple different ways that we can look at that. I agree with you first and foremost that I just can't sit Jamar Chase. If, you know, if we're going to have Browning dialed in on anyone, it, it's hard to hard for me to think that, um, you know, Chase would be left out of that equation. We actually have to go back using the game splits app to find games where T Higgins didn't play with Burrow. We actually have to go back to 2020. So this is probably not relevant anymore. It's a different offense at that point right. in time, but there, you know, in his career, uh, there are six games out of split, meaning he played six games without Joe Burrow starting at quarterback for the Bengals and he averaged just 10.6 PPR in, in those games versus his 46 games with Joe Burrow. He's averaged 14.05 PPR uh, per game. The biggest difference is there uh, being really in the, the targets. He's getting about a target and a half less in games without Burrow, probably because the team throws less without Burrow, which I would expect them to kind of r- try to ride Mixon to the degree possible this week. And then the yardage. It's just the targets that he's getting aren't as valuable. About 21 yards less per uh per game in the games without bro so that's one tool that we can use when we've got a weird variable like a different starting quarterback if you think about the individual matchups uh, from opposing teams one thing that we'll be able to see here is for teams that have played the jags what is the quality of quarterback uh play that they've seen so uh, over the past five weeks, they've played the Saints, the Steelers, the 49ers, the Titans, and the Texans. Of course, you had Will Levis as a lower-end quarterback. Um, and then you can argue the level of play of Kenny Pickett four weeks ago versus last week. Yep. And then, I mean, Derek Carr hasn't really been anything special this year either. And what we see here is, you know, a bunch of like wide receiver two level performances from you know, those teams, individual wide receiver ones, you know, with Deontay getting to 16, Debo at 15.9, DeAndre Hopkins at 15.9. If you look at the overall team production, from an expected points perspective, the Jags are allowing the 10th most expected points, to, uh, uh, the th- uh, excuse me, the 13th most expected points to opposing wide receiver groups over the past five weeks and have surrendered the 10th most PPR points to opposing wide receiver groups. And they're averaging... 36.2 PPR allowed to opposing wide receiver groups over the past five games. So if we're saying we trust and chase and maybe, maybe chase is that guy that gets that 15, 16 points this week, there is room for one other player to probably be a flex level guy. If Higgins is going to be playing, he's you know going to be the most solid bet there. I can't, I'm with you. I can't get on Tyler Boyd and I really couldn't get on a, an option below it. I would play T Higgins if I didn't have, another great option. And I was trying to replace Stefan Diggs on by, or, you know, Zay flowers on by some of those teams that we talked about that aren't playing, but Higgins isn't going to win a lot of tiebreaker scenarios with Jake Browning at quarterback this week. Sure. Final thing I will offer here. Um, wide receivers are scoring around 103% of points per game when facing Jacksonville this year. The, how many is it here? The five players that have finished as wide receiver ones against the team were Tank Dell, Stefan Diggs, Michael Pittman, Gabe Davis, and then actually uh, Michael Pittman. He did it. He did it twice. So I think that's probably another reason why I'm leaning more towards, uh, you know, Chase and, and straying away from Tyler Boyd. Tank Dell's kind of the exception there. All right, let's go over to quarterback. And here's the. This is one that we're going to have to work on with Adam um, in our playoff matchup for our Fantasy Pros Championship squad. 
This is not something I would have imagined ever talking about a couple of weeks ago, but I think now we've really got to do this due diligence. You know, we were fortunate enough to have the foresight to, to draft CJ Stroud as our backup for Jalen Hurts on this team. We have not played CJ Stroud other than Jalen Hurts by week um, year to date. But I think given the fact that Philadelphia is playing the 49ers and uh, Stroud is playing Denver, uh, I think we got to take a look at it. Um, let's just see what the GLSP says. And then um, we'll have some dialogue. Sure. So what you will see when you go into this week's GLSP is that CJ Stroud against Denver is expected to go bananas. 42% of his matches went for more than 25 points when facing off against defenses like the Broncos. You contrast that with Jalen Hurts. Only 18% of his matches went for more than 25 points. You also see 30% of Stroud's matches going between 20 to 25. So we actually get 72% of his matches, Curtis, beyond 20 points. That might be the highest total that we've seen all year. Jalen Hurts gets 36% in there, uh, which is not bad, but you do see a delta of almost six points when you look at their average. Now, the one element to this that I do need to bring up here is controlling and getting a player like Jalen hurts to be properly sized up in a model like this. You actually can't do unless you add some subjectivity into it because there's so few examples of historical players that operate like him that you don't have enough of a sample for it to really understand the tool that is the amount of rushing potential that he could have, you know, with the ability to add in rushing touchdowns. So his sample though they pass for 1.8 passing touchdowns, put up 261 passing yards. We're only getting two points in his average from rushing production, which I think that you need to scale up. All that said though, Curtis, there's a very, very compelling story that you can tell yourself here about playing CJ Stroud over Jalen hurts. I'm going to let you say a couple of words while I go into another road of his tool and pull up something that might be helpful to look at. Yeah, this is where, you know, when you get a tough one like this, you want to look at it from a couple angles. So we're looking at a larger sample size in the GLSP. Um, we're going to look at the most recent performances against each of these defenses because these are these are tougher defenses. Um, you know, they're both amongst the toughest matchups, uh, according to our strength of schedule streaming app right now. But when you look at what Denver has done over the past five weeks, it's totally different. I mean, they were held down for the middle portion of the season based off of what Tua did to them in week two or three, just obliterating them for 70 points. And they've since now recovered. Look at this. Look at what they did. I mean, they held Patrick Mahomes to 10 fantasy points. They held Josh Allen to 18 fantasy points. The high watermark over the past five games. Now, granted, they got to face Josh Dobbs and Dorian Thompson Robinson in those five games. But the high watermark in the past five games is just 21 points to opposing an opposing quarterback and the average over those five games is just 16.25. Um, I don't like it, man. I don't like it. That's the the third best. Uh, they, they're third best against all quarterbacks in terms of QBR uh, allowed. And they've allowed just the 25th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks <coughs> over those past five weeks. Let's contrast that with what Hurts hurts is going to be facing uh, against the 49ers. And it's tough, but it's a little bit softer. So 22nd most points surrendered to opposing quarterbacks over that time period, but they're allowing better performances. They've been middling in terms of QBR 
uh, allowed. Actually, they allowed the eighth most passing attempts to opposing quarterbacks. Of course, that's because the 49ers forced teams into passing, which would honestly be good. Uh, I would ex- also expect the 49ers to be able to pass against the Eagles because they are a rosy matchup uh, for opposing passing uh, offenses. When we look at some of the performances amongst the better quarterbacks that have faced the Niners over the past five weeks, you know, it's hard to believe Kirk Cousins was still playing uh, within the past five weeks because it feels like we lost him a long time ago. But, but he he scored 24.8 PPR five weeks ago. Joe Burrow roasted this defense for 30.45 PPR. And then in recent weeks, it's been much, much stingier. I would put Hertz definitely more in that Burrow Cousins category versus the Lawrence Mayfield Geno category. We're still going to start Jalen Hurts, Dave. I, I mean, I, I you know it's great that Stroud has this yeah. in his model. We're we're starting Jalen. Hurts. Yeah. So what I was going to bring up here, Curtis, was in the Monday review tool, just a simple graph that shows you the points scored each week by these two guys next to each other. What you can see is Stroud only got the better of Hurts twice this season. Now, granted, the week that he did, he absolutely blew up and significantly outscored him. But Jalen Hurts has been an absolute fantasy stud now for a long time. CJ Stroud's going to be too, but Hertz probably has, you could argue the most upside on a week to week basis of any player, probably one of the highest floors that you're going to see because of that added rushing production to playing in on one of the best teams in the league. I think you have to go Jalen Hurts here as enticing as Stroud might seem. Mother's day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. All right, we've got another one coming in that we've got to take a look at. Uh, from a uh, main event squad, Dave. I'm yep. posting it right now. We got to start two out of these four receivers is the question. Um, Cortland Sutton, Adam Thielen, Deontay Johnson, and Josh Downs. Start two of the four. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to say here that's interesting this week is Josh Downs is so well positioned to have a very, very solid week. If you look at him in this week's GLSP, you'll see that against the Titans, he's projected for 68 yards. 30% of his matches found the end zone. This gives his highest bucket between 10 to 15. We do see 21% of his matches going between 15 to 20. For a player like Downs, this is a good projection. But also, he was one of the notable players when I was working through the passing game matchup Raider article this week and reviewing the tool. It really liked his chances against the Titans, and also he performed really, really well when the teams met last time. I don't think that things have substantially changed in a way that would make me less inclined to be excited about him. So I think that Downs, very realistically, could be in this grouping here. I will let you tell me, though, which two players you think we probably need to compare out of the options that are probably more likely to sit. I think Deontay Johnson Maybe in Cortland Sutton would be be a place to start here. I know Thielen kind of had a down week, but he has been a contributor for us. Or we can go about this a different way. Yeah, so I want to highlight some things for downs as well. Um, This is an area where the the 
matchup analysis tab here is in agreement, Dave. When you look at the last five games, um, what's been happening against Tennessee, they've allowed some pretty big performances. Um, Deontay Johnson, who we were just talking about, uh, hung 22 on him a couple weeks ago. Mike Evan, 26.3. Calvin Ridley, 31.1. They've allowed five touchdowns to opposing wide receivers over the past five weeks. They're averaging 162 uh, receiving yards against from opposing wide receivers as a group. And um, they've allowed the 13th most PPR to opposing wide receivers over the past five weeks with 35.5 PPR. You know, Michael Pittman or Josh Downs could easily have a blow up week. But I think that, you know, given the level of production against this team, you know, there's room for both of them to perform. And there's no clear cut, like high end guy from amongst this group. So to me, I think we can eliminate Deontay just based off of what we've seen the last three weeks from him with Pittsburgh, the offense even taking a step forward last week and him not really, really being part of it. Yeah. And he's kind of in the doghouse after not chasing that fumble. Um, you His know, matchup I, I isn't I, very good for him either. I'll, I'll add. Yeah. So, so to me, I, I think this is going to come down to eliminating one of Sutton Thielen and downs. We've made the case for downs to, to really be included in this picture with Cortland Sutton. Um, you know, this is a, a big game. He's been really reliable in terms of scoring touchdowns. Why don't you tell us what his GLSP or passing matchup reader uh, matchup looks like? And I'm going to pull him up in this other tool. Let's look at Sutton next and then Thielen to round it out. Sure. So he draws an average matchup rating this week against Houston. Uh, just another layer there. What you will see is that Houston, in terms of points per game allowed, uh, has been one of the harder teams allowing just 92% of points per game. But if we drill into uh, Sutton's GLSP here, uh, we'll see that against the Texans, he's expected to score um, somewhere around 12.6 PPR. 40% of his matches did find the end zone. You talked about his reliability as a touchdown scorer. Uh, Should see around 54 yards. Now, 62% of his matches are concentrated between five to 15 points with 32% going between the five to 10 bucket. There's not too much downside beneath that, but there's not a lot of upside on top of that. So you have sudden, this looks like an average matchup for him. Uh, I can pop into Thielen now, unless you wanted me to pause there. Go ahead and pop into Thielen. And then we'll, we'll look at both of those players in the matchup analysis. So Thielen, honestly, I don't find myself, maybe I have a bad taste in my mouth from last week, but he has some more interesting things when you dig into his GLSP. Uh, For starters, nine targets, 68 yards. That's a better base to build off of. Only 20% of his matches found the end zone, but with Thielen, I think we're looking more for that volume on the targets than the touchdowns. As a result of that, Curtis, his matches averaged 14.6 points. We also see... A little bit less downside, but the key thing here is that there's a lot more upside with 23% of his matches going between 15 to 20 and then actually getting 13 in the 20 to 25 bucket and even 8% beyond 25. Also, if you look at the passing game matchup Raider and you look for how he matches up here uh, with... Uh, with the with the box, dude, he has a matchup rating of 75, which is one of the highest of the week. 
So it's really liking how he could operate against them. There's a lot more there that you can point to towards Thielen. So I would be very interested in including him in the lineup. <laughs> Look at all this green. In oh the my gosh, man. dude. The, Buc- the Bucks, <laughs> it's, all, it's all wheels up against the Bucks over the last five weeks. Yep. Third most PPR allowed to opposing wide receivers as a group. Fourth most expected points. And uh, so, so not only are they you know, teams passing a lot uh, in, in situations that would lead to points, it's, it's been efficient. Fifth most fancy points over expectation allowed to opposing wide receivers. Some huge games. The opposing wide receiver one is averaging 22.3 points against the Bucks over the past five weeks. Fourth most targets allowed. Fourth most receptions allowed. Second most receiving yards allowed. Uh, they're averaging 1.2 uh, receiving touchdowns to opposing wide receiver groups per game. Yards per reception, third most. Air yards, seventh most. Yak, most. And second, uh, second most efficient racer against this defense. We've got to start Thielen. I know it does feel gross after last week's dud, but I think we we start Thielen because all of our tools yeah. are saying he's got to be in the lineup. Yeah. So this really comes down to Sutton versus Downs. Downs had yep. a nice look uh, on your end. Let's see what I get in the matchup analysis. Well, you do that. I got to share one more thing here on Tampa Bay. Yes. 123%. Wide receivers are scoring 123% of points per game against the Bucks. All right. As we look at, at the Texans uh, over the past five weeks, they've allowed four receiving touchdowns just in the last three weeks. And um, 17.36 PPR uh, to opposing wide receiver ones over that span. Uh, Jamar Chase scored a touchdown. Calvin Ridley scored a touchdown. Um, it's It's maybe uh, on par with Josh Downs uh, matchup here. I think we need to think about these games too here. So, cause I think game script ultimately could, could drive the decision here. So we've got a game total of uh, 47 and a half implied in this Denver at Houston game here. And if you look at uh, Cortland Sutton's games and, uh, Let's let's go last seventeen or so. So Russell Wilson era, um, you can see. I mean, he definitely falls in line. I mean, PPR by implied team total with team totals um, at the line here. You can see he's had some pretty impressive performances. Uh, Twenty over fifteen here, and then he's been actually he's been below the line more than he's been above the line. I wonder how much of that's this year versus last year. Let's focus in just on this year. Curtis, for people listening to the uh, audio, when you say above and below the line, what are you talking about? Oh, okay. So here, if we're looking at PPR by implied um, team total, we have uh, this red line here yep. shows the Broncos implied team total this week. Yep. And then the plotted uh, black line is showing the average uh, and, the, and the, the trend or the relationship of what Cortland Sutton does as it relates to this 22-point team uh, total. So in, yep. in the last nine weeks um, – when or in the last nine games, when the Broncos have had an implied team total of at least 22 points, here is what Cortland Sutton's performances yep. have looked like. Um, and he, he's, I mean, to his credit, he's got three games around that 20 point um, range. He does have a dud way down here. I mean, it, it's really kind of a scatter plot yeah, here. Is. I don't yeah, think there's, there's much to look at. Yep. But I think what we can take away from this is, you know, the Broncos are implied to score uh, a minimum of three touchdowns, but this feels like a game. I, I know both defenses are playing okay. It feels like a game to me on gut that could really go over. 
Um, both teams have a lot to play for. I want to look at the, the game total here with Indy and Tennessee. So the next thing that I would mention here, Indianapolis is going to be at Tennessee outdoors. Um, Denver is going to be at Houston indoors. This game also has uh, a touchdown less from a game total perspective, but Indianapolis has a similar game or implied team total to Denver, 21.75, just a quarter point under Denver. So probably not much to push us there uh, either. I mean, it's, it's so close. I think it's like, if, if you're going to ask me which player is more likely to score 20, I, I think I'd lean towards downs, but I think he's got a wider range of outcomes. I, I like Sutton to score at least a touchdown, but you know he's had plenty of those games where he's just had like 40 yards and a touch this year. Um, I'm really conflicted, man. Are, after seeing this breakdown, are you leaning one way or another? Uh, I think I still lean downs. Now, I think yeah. when I originally started thinking about it, it was a super tough decision. Um but I was on board with downs. I've seen nothing to sway me, which makes me think that you st- that, that, that we would stick with downs here. Okay, well, let's do that. I mean, we'll go ahead and, and edit this main event lineup with Thielen and downs in there. And, you know, hey, something crazy could happen. You know, we could have to sub one of those guys in for Chris Olave if he's not uh, healthy enough to go. But we have Kyron Williams in the flex already on this team, so there's not room to start three of these guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> any others? Yeah, yeah. Any yeah, other scenarios good. that you want to hit or any other players that you feel we should talk about before we wrap up uh, tonight's episode, um, Dave? Off the top of my head, there isn't. But what I'm going to do is go into the GLSP and I'm gonna, I have a couple of teams where I'm choosing between some lower level running backs, if you will. Uh, and and let, let me pull up a couple of these scenarios here. Um, and perhaps lower level isn't really, isn't really the right word. Um, but... Curtis, if you were choosing here between a player like Brian Robinson, right, or Devin Achan, knowing that there's some questions with Achan, and I'll pull them up here in the comparison, and knowing that this is the first week of a playoff matchup for a team here, where would you lean when we zoom in here if you look at Robinson? Because the tricky thing, right, is if you look at Achan, you know, an average PPR of 16, tremendous, tremendous upside, but there's a lot of context that's lost. Whereas if you look at Brian Robinson, an average of 9.9 um, in the 75th percentile PPR outcome for him, it's around just 11.6. Any thoughts on trying to make that type of decision this week? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is like, so Robinson's projection is kind of ugly and contextually, I mean, over the last five weeks, the Dolphins have been an absolute graveyard uh, for opposing running backs. Like there's not, it's not like, okay, well, you know, maybe there's some noise in his GLSP sample or something. I mean, like no one is scoring any points at running back against the Dolphins. Like the high water marks like 11 points or something over the past five weeks. The commanders have been like pretty much the defense to stream running backs against. Um, they've allowed, they, they've allowed more fantasy points over expectation than any opposing defense, uh, over the past five weeks and the third most PPR, uh, overall they've, they've, they've allowed 28.8 PPR on average per week to opposing running back rooms. Uh, and a, a lot of that has been due to receiving work, which we know, you know, a Chan can be a weapon there. They're, they're giving up eight targets per week to opposing running backs with 6.2, uh, receptions. And they've allowed the fourth most rece- uh, fourth most receptions and second most receiving yards to opposing running backs over the past five weeks. So you know we have seen 
situations where the Dolphins have had both of their backs explode. And even if they would manage touches for uh, a chain here, I feel like, you know, Hey, 10 touches against a defense that's been this bad, you know, maybe he takes one to the house or, you know, maybe five of those touches are come on receptions. I, you know, there's a small threat of Brian Robinson just catching like seven balls at the line of scrimmage or something like that, that, you know, maybe opposing teams haven't chosen to attack Miami in that fashion. But I, I mean, it's the playoffs now, man, you know, so in, unless you are just such an overwhelming favorite that you have the luxury of sitting better players for worse players, this feels like a ceiling versus floor with a low floor for Robinson. Anyway, I would play uh, a chain if this was my squad. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty solid advice there. Um, so I think that's probably what I'll end up doing. Frustrating when you have a lot of good players on a bye for the first week of your playoffs. I yeah. mean, and it so happens <laughs> that a lot of my teams, yeah. you, ha- I really had like three running backs that had worked out, and two of them were James Cook and Kenneth Walker. You have Kenneth Walker out now, James Cook on bye, and I'm kind of scrambling. Not so much on that yeah. team, but on many others. Yeah, and I'm, I, I've had to bite the Gus Edwards bullet this week, unfortunately, and he was a big bailout as a zero RB pick uh, for me on some of my squads. But hey, that's fine. You know, what's nice is we can come in here, you know, if we get these uncomfortable situations and we can, you know, use data to at least feel better about those, those start sits. And this is one, I can't find any data that say you should play Brian Robinson and certainly none compelling enough to, uh, you know, combat the, the, the context that you were uh, hinting at with um, a chain coming back and maybe not being at, at uh, full strength or on a, a full uh, carry share. I don't yeah. think it matters. Like the matchup's just too good. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, had to record tonight at a slightly different time. Uh, we will be back to break down things for the Tuesday take five episode next week. Hope that everybody has a lot of success for their teams this weekend. And we will talk with you later. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.